were wrapping up Blue Jays talk. I half expected it was going to get in the car and the iPhone was going to light up. We were going to find out that the Jays were going to be taking at least one, maybe two members of the Detroit Tigers with them in their charter. Well, you sure, you sure would have thought so. Uh, to Tampa. and uh, At least one. At least one. But no go. The uh, Blue Jays beat the Tigers 4-1 yesterday, took three of four, and uh, chartered off, <clears throat> pardon me, to Tampa. I believe they had some sort of function at uh, the Springer slash Barrios mm-hmm. house, household, the garden or the backyard. Open up joint. the gate. Let the, the people the in. Let the people in. <laughs> so the players were all dressed. It was, yeah. it was like a beach party theme. A shout out to uh, Kevin Gossman, by the way, for the, uh, the matching top and bottom. Stripling, too. No, no shirt. No shirt. Stripling. That, that was bold on the part of Ross Stripling. Sounds Anyhow, it, it, it's the... Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's uh, an annual tradition. Every baseball team does this huh. sort of team bonding thing where they, they pick a theme. Uh, it, the themes have changed in recent years. I can tell you that in some years, the, well, there's stuff was done that would not fly right now. But uh, anyhow. Uh, so anyhow, speaking of flying, I, on, honest to God, I mean, look, we, we talked to folks at the ballpark. Uh, if you watch the game, you saw the Tigers' bullpen. I mean, the Tigers' bullpen has got three or four of exactly what the Jays need. Uh, I can tell you that A.J. Hinch, during that series, at times sounded like a guy who thought there was going to be a deal made. If you look at the relievers, his use of relievers in his last two games against Toronto, in the last two games against Toronto, obviously the scoreboard has a role to play in it. But uh, Joe Jimenez... Gregory Soto, Michael Fulmer didn't see the field in the last two games of the series. Read what you want into that. Uh, There were a lot of folks who thought that the Jays and Tigers would have a deal made to bring in at least one of those relievers. And, Kevin, we'll talk about the 4-1, the game in a minute, in particular Jose Barrios' start and Matt Chapman's continued uh, assault, offensive assault. But, um, look, we thought... The trade deadline is Tuesday at 6 o'clock. And by the way, John Palmarosi will join us at 11 o'clock. You can get your get your questions for John Palmarosi sent in. You can DM me at SN Jeff Blair. We're going to do an expanded Barker's back leg bits with, with Morosi. Mm-hmm. All that aside, I, I, I thought there was a really good chance that we would see the Jays add one of those one of those Tigers. Really well, you was. wonder what the Frankie Montas, the Juan Sotos of the world have done to the to the market. Like, you know, are, are teams that aren't in on those two guys, and I'm not sure the Blue Jays are in on either one of those. I mean, I'm sure that Ross has called about both of those, but you would think probably not. Maybe Frankie Montas, I'd, I would guess that would be the closest one. Juan Soto, really? I I mean, I'd, I'm not real sure that they're all in on that. So I, I would think maybe that's a trickle-down effect, but I'd, it would just seem like it would have been easy for a guy to change uniforms, walk across dugouts, and – you know, go to Tampa with with the Blue Jays. But maybe the ask is too high. Maybe that's what's going on here, and, and you, you have to feel things out, and you have to, you know, you have to go back and forth to, to know what you're trying to get for, for your team. L- listen, <laughs> if you're the Tigers, you know what the Blue Jays need. Oh, there's no question. So if you're, if you're you know, running that team for the Tigers, you're thinking to yourself, man, I'm going to try and get everything I can possibly oh, get out of the Blue Jays. Of course. And if I can dangle the carrot for the other teams, 
to try and get more, you'll you'll do that too. So maybe that's the holdup. Also, is you know maybe Ross is wanting to give up something that that Detroit's not wanting, and that's why the back and forth, and, and that's why nothing happened. Yeah, and I guess the thing, if you look at what Ross Atkins did last year with Trevor Richards and Adam Simber, um, he's clearly not afraid to move early in the trade market. Uh, I, I would suggest that, uh, I mean, the Jays' bullpen needs, this is not new. It's not something that surfaced this weekend. We've known about it now for probably two months that that, that should be the area of focus. That would suggest to me, because I don't think Ross Atkins is afraid to make a deal. He's shown that in the past. He's certainly not afraid to trade prospects. He's shown that last year, and he showed it this offseason as well. That would indicate to me that the prices that the prices are in the Blue Jays' sure. world, too high right now, and expanded and, playoffs too has hurt this. Expanded also. playoffs, and maybe More that'll are in it. maybe that'll uh, you know maybe those those prices will come down as we get closer <clears throat> as we get closer to the trade deadline. Uh, but there were some moves made this weekend. The the Yankees added Andrew Benintendi. The Tampa Bay Rays added David Peralta, who was one of the names we'd heard linked with the Blue Jays. The Jays looking for a little bit of. Uh, you know, a little bit of left-handed, a little bit of balance in their lineup, uh, although preferably, preferably somebody who can play center field. I also wonder, Kevin, part of the issue here is is uh, George Springer's uh, George Springer's status right now. If, as some suspect, the injury is bone chips or something like that mm-hmm. in the elbow, that is going to be, you know, quite simply, George Springer's availability really is going to be a day-to-day thing. I mean, there's day-to-day and then there's day-to-day. So maybe that has shifted the ground a little bit for Ross Atkins. Maybe now he has to focus a little more on getting another bat in here uh, in addition to uh, bullpen arm. Like the, the idea, in, in a perfect world, right, the Jays would take the field tomorrow in Tampa with two relievers, two impact relievers, a starting pitcher capable of being a fourth starter or a fifth starter, and a left-handed bat. Perfect world. Now, it's hard to get the perfect world. I think if you prioritize things, the bullpen arms are the most important the most important things to bring in. But again, it's it all depends on the value. Uh, it all depends on what teams want from the Blue Jays. You know, the Blue Jays right now are in a situation, if, if you look at what the Blue Jays have to trade, they pretty much have top prospects or guys who are on you know, guys who are contributing on the major league roster right, right, right now, like other than Jordan Groshans, I don't think there are too many guys at AAA that you know that that teams are are necessarily going to be interested in. And obviously, other than Gabriel Moreno, their top prospect, um, you know, there's not a lot of depth in this organization. To be frank, there's if you go around this organization piece by piece or position by position, mm-hmm. there's just not a lot of there's there's just not a lot of depth. For, for me, it's there. the quality of the depth that that that's what they don't have, and you know that's might make it easier for them to give up what they do have to get what they need at the big league level because they know that at the minor league level now they're they're having to retool down there, reboot a little bit if that's the word you want to use. The George Springer thing's interesting because who leads off? Can Kevin Biggio, if, if George Springer's out of the lineup and, and Tapia's hitting bottom of the lineup, who leads off? Like, are you okay with Kevin Biggio getting one more bat than Vladimir Guerrero Jr. or Alejandro Kirk? That's something for me. I'm not so much worried about the defensive side. I think Rymel Tapia's going to be good enough. You know, they'll, they'll line him up to where he's making the plays he's supposed to make. He's good at hitting the cutoff guy. I don't think they're going to lose a ton there. It's just that leadoff spot now. If, if George can't play for a while and has to miss some time here and there, 
How do you feel in the leadoff spot? Are you okay with Kevin Biggio? Or do you have to move everybody up a spot? You know, I'm not saying lead off Vladdy, but you may have to think about maneuvering that around to figure out. I know Kevin's been getting on base and, and has some better at bats now with the quieter lower half that he, he has and the ball's yesterday. not moving as much. Yeah, yeah. but I'm, I'm just saying our, that for me is the bigger issue than on the defensive side. I don't know how you think about that, but that that's a thing, right? I, I, oh, people, it's become – no, it's uh, – absolutely. It's the, become a thing. Look, I've gone – if you want to do something to improve the Jays lineup, I've gone from thinking you need a glove first guy in center field to you need a guy who might have to play five days in a row. No question. You know, it, it's possible George Springer goes on the IL at some point before the playoffs. If that's the case, are you happy with Ryan Tapia playing every day? I mean, I'm okay with it, but I'd like to have insurance behind Ryan Tapia that isn't named, isn't named Bradley Zimmer. So, yeah, it, it it has to be a factor. It's it's not just a matter of replacing George Springer's defense. It's a matter of that 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 bat at the top of the order. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where the Blue Jays would go. Like we talk about how I think how how people think the bullpen could look a lot different after the trade deadline. Yeah, I wonder what we're going to see from the lineup down the road because you know, Bo's going to get shot every day at cleanup. They've got Alejandro Kirk in the third spot right now. I mean, I love Alejandro Kirk. I cannot have him hitting at the top of my order because it just screams double play to me. Maybe Matt Chapman moves up. Maybe Lourdes Gurriel moves up. There's, there's, there are a whole bunch of things that could happen to this lineup. But I really think the, the status of George Springer, and let's face it, the Jays know more about George Springer's status than we do. Uh, the status of George Springer may be having more and more of an impact on this trade deadline than we think. Maybe that means Ian Happ and David Robertson, a a two-for-one deal. Mm -hmm. Maybe that makes that more attractive than it was 72 hours ago. Puts more pressure on you to go out and get swing and miss stuff, too, because you talk about the defensive side of the ball. Yep. You know, keeping the ball out of the air. You go and get some people that that can get swing and miss and don't allow the ball to be put in play. Now, all of a sudden, it makes it easier if you do have to miss a little bit of George being in center field. For the defensive side, but I'm okay with Ramel Tapia. I, I, I think he will do a decent enough job. Again, they're smart enough. They'll put him in the position that he'll make the plays he's supposed to make. Uh, he'll give you an, a battle at, at the offensive side of the ball, but it's just a leadoff spot. Are you okay with Kevin Biggio? I'm not. I like Kevin, but to lead off, I, I love that, the, that, I that love, for me would be a big miss. Nah, That'll I, be a big hole. I love the bottom of the order the way it was before. I like I love, I love the combination. Turning it over to the top Biggio, of the Biggio, Chapman, Jansen, Tapia, something go. like that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not entirely certain I want Kevin Biggio. Again, no disrespect to Kevin Biggio, and I'm sure he wouldn't take any. I don't want Kevin Biggio getting one of the extra bats in a game. Me I, I just don't. Nope. Uh, and I also think that presents an issue in terms of matchups as well i mentioned john paul morosi will join us in the 11 o'clock hour dms are open my twitter handle is sn jeff blair we'll take a look around the american league east at the bottom of the hour as well let's talk a little bit about the 4-1 win over the detroit tigers yesterday let's start first and foremost kevin with matt chapman we're not surprised by what we've seen from matt chapman in terms of the power but are you surprised as I am, that it's kind of that in addition to the power, the other stuff is coming through. Like, like he's gradually, his average is getting up there a little mm-hmm. bit. You know, he's always seen a lot of places. We know about his hard hit percentage. He might be a better offensive player than I thought he was going to be. And maybe that's because that hip is fully healthy. 
Maybe. I, I'm not real sure I'm ready to go there yet. Uh, I, I, I do think it's it's very it, – it says a lot about Matt Chapman that he bought into – sometimes it's a player. Everybody goes through this as a player. you got to go home, look yourself in the mirror, and go, hey, is this going to work or do I need help? Mm-hmm. And he was the one guy that went to the hitting coaches and said, I need help. Help me fix this because standing straight up and down and the eyes so far away from, from the strike zone, it's not going to work. Bend at the knees a little bit more, getting more athletic, be able to get yourself your your front foot down, get a little separation. I've said this, the 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 you know, getting something back, that's a big move. That's something you have to work on in the offseason. But to make an adjustment in season, buy into thinking right center, and that's not he's a pull hitter. But why you think right center is to keep the barrel in the hitting zone longer. Give yourself the, a chance to not always have to square the baseball up, to do something good at the plate, and that's what he's bought into. I think for me, when you watch him. He's hunting velocity. He just everything else. That's how you take your average from hmm to way up here. I mean, that's a big that's a big move that he's made when, with his average, and that just doesn't happen because that happens because you have to buy into something. And for me, when you're looking velocity, you think right center. Your barrels in the hitting zone longer. You're more athletic, and you're getting better at hitting the breaking ball because you're sitting velocity. They need him. I, you know, again, I, I'm not sure we can. We're going to continue to see this, but man, if he can somewhat have, a, you know, a decent run at what he's doing now, and if he finishes with with 30 big ones, and drives in, I don't know, 75 somewhere in that range. I mean, he's got somewhere around the 50. I haven't really looked at the RBIs. That's mm. all the homers. Yeah, 20, 20 home runs, right? He does. Vladdy leads a 21. Does he not? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's a that's you know he's that that Rogers center the ball ball carries there. He's good at home. But the adjustments he's made off the field and buying into saying that he needs help, that's a, that takes a lot, especially for a guy who just signed a little bit of a deal. You know, the, the two-year thing that he just signed, takes a lot for a man to stand up and say it's not working. I need help. Can you guys help me figure some, something out? Because I need to help my team. I don't, I don't want to be known as just a defensive player. I want to bring something offensively, and that just adds a lot more length to the lineup now. Let's talk about Jose Barrios yesterday. Uh, it, thank God it was the Detroit Tigers. I mean, that, 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 that's one thing I will say. Look, at that, that first inning, uh, boy, he sailed through, what, he got the first two, two strikeouts and seven pitches. Then Javi Baez works him for that eight-pitch walk, mm-hmm. an unbelievable, including that, that long, loud foul ball. Gets out Good of that real. inning by striking out Miguel Cabrera. Later on, Javier Baez homers off him, his brother-in-law, which would make for some interesting discussion around the uh, family dinner table, I guess, uh, around Thanksgiving or whenever the hell it is, whenever the hell it is, they get together. But what did you make of uh, of, of of Jose Barrios? Well, he threw 80 pitches through 56 strikes. Now, I'm not going to poo-poo that. that. You know, it is Detroit. He went seven innings. He did exactly what he was supposed to do against the worst offensive team in baseball. But he does, you know, he pitches behind like he did yesterday to a good team. to a buddy. When, when you throw a bunch of lefties like they did, Detroit tried to do, uh, he faced. He had 19 at bats against lefties. He threw nine strike ones. It's just not good enough. Like you know, he faced 25 batters in total. He threw 13 strike ones. You just not. You can't do that in Major League Baseball because he doesn't throw hard enough to do that. Right? He has mm-hmm. to add and subtract. He has to be good glove side with the two seamer, which he was not always good with that. Uh, he was guiding the changeup, which he needs the changeup. Right when. You start getting in the marathon of the season, you got to start adding something because the book's out on what you're trying to do. You know, they know now that you want to go two-seamer to front hip to a lefty. They know you want to go back door with the two-seamer to righties. That has to be good glove side. It has to be good, you know, arm side too. Glove side with the two-seamer wasn't great yesterday. Like I said, he was guiding the change up. 
Guiding means basically you're trying to finesse it in there, aim it in there because you don't want to miss over the plate. That's never a good thing. That If I'm hitting, you know, you're watching TV yesterday, you could see him slowing it down because now you know as a hitter, that's a changeup. So I, I can either wait a little bit longer. You know, I can try and create a little bit of that bottom half hitting the baseball to create loft with it. He's giving it away. That's never a good thing. But again, you know, he was the elevated four-seamer was much better. Now, that may have to do more with Danny Jansen because the setup, he would set up early enough. You know, if you miss, you want to miss out of the strike zone with that. You don't want to miss down the middle, but it got better. The velocity was better. I saw 97 one time or a couple of times yesterday. Didn't even know he had that, 97. Well, mm-hmm. if you can hit 97, why can't you pitch at 97? So, you know, there's mechanical things for him. He's been fighting it all year, whatever it is, tipping the pitches, moving on the rubber, you know, just the fluidity of the of the windup, all the things that go into being a really good starter. He's he's had some struggles with that all year. But again, I don't want to poo-poo what he did yesterday. You know, he went seven innings. He did exactly what he was supposed to do against a really bad offensive team. But you do that against a good team. This is my this is what I'm saying. They're gonna need three starters. They make the playoffs, they're gonna need three starters. Are you okay? Are you okay? Say it's Seattle. Just throwing a team out there. Say it's Seattle. Would you be okay him pitching the third game? Yep. Against Seattle. Absolutely. I'm on the fence about that. I'm not. I, it, it is. I understand you. I know what you're. I know what you're. I don't care about six years. I care about right now, and I uh, care about what you're going to see in October. Got to buy. Well, in. you have to. Yeah, he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. Okay. I mean, I'm. I'm. I'm not sure. I'm. I'm as. Well, when you see Kevin Gosman, you know, sort of down the stretch last year, ran out of steam, tipping pitches, all the things he was going through, will that be an issue? Alec Manoa, you know, we've seen that the last couple of starts. I'm, listen, the I, one that's been, I'm more, so now, now the I'm more concerned on Jose about that. Barrios. I'm more concerned about the innings adding up on uh, on Manoa I'm than I am on Jose Barrios. I, I really am. You can tell he's fighting something. I mean, he hasn't had a good slider in a very long time. So if you can eliminate the slider and now you're all looking for two-seamer, what's that mean? That means more barrels. More barrels at the big league level because they're such good hitters means they can use the entire field, and that's damage. And I'm with you. I don't know how you fix that. I'm just not sure if backing him off, skipping starts. I don't know if that works or not. Does it work? I we're, I guess we're going to find out if that works. And, again, that puts more pressure on Jose because Jose's been up and down all year. I will say this. It's worked in the past for other pitchers. Yeah, well, like we'll there's, there's not this, – this is the thing. What else are you going to do? I'm with you. Like, are you going to keep running him out? And, and, if, and it, you know, do you keep him on five days? And if the results get worse and worse, do you keep running him out, keep running him out, keep running him out? What else are you going to do? Limit him to the number I mean, of pitches you're going to throw in I was sitting with you when they ran it back there. I, I think it was the sixth inning, with uh, starting the sixth inning with 82 pitches right before he got hit on the elbow. Yeah. And I said to you, why are they running him back out there for? Well, well, you know, I think they were losing three to one. I, think, I mean, he was bad. But, like, he was, but that he was, was also that. He was like, trying to get through it. That gets back to that whole the, the philosophy you're going to see with this team is they're trying to find that pocket to use the receivers. I it's pretty clear when they I mean, when they lo- said it's losing pretty, with your best guy. That's pretty with clear innings when they, limits. No, that's a good time. It's not. He doesn't. I'm not saying he has an innings limit. I'm not saying that. Mm. I I bet he doesn't have an innings limit right now. That can change. Like this isn't. You know, as much as everything is scripted in baseball these days, these are they are they are human beings, and stuff can change. But we know from the way John Schneider talks right now that when they sit down before a game, they say, "All right, if we're going to use Trevor Richards, it's against these three guys." And the idea is to get 
to the point where we can where we can use them. And and uh, let's not lie about it. I mean, it's Detroit. You know? and you're you're down three to one. What better time to use whoever you want to use? That's not your highest leverage guys. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Like if you want to have a time to back a guy off who was obvious with struggling with things like out in front, the finish. Like you can tell, maybe he's hunting velocity a little bit more this time of the year. Everybody goes through it, right? They're, they're hunting scoreboard. You can see it. They throw a pitch. What's the first thing they do? They turn around and see what the, what the mile per hour on it was because that tells them something. When it's good, it should be this mile per hour. When it's breaking the way it's supposed to be breaking, watch Jose Barrios. He'll throw a breaking ball and turn around 82 miles an hour. Why does he do that? Oh, because he wants at, to see it's well, 82, also, 83 it's miles also, an hour and the break. Yeah, the break is, yeah. for, for a lot of guys, the break is more important than the velocity. Not with Jose. You know, Liam, like Liam Hendricks pointed out, you can kind of tell what the velocity is, but you want to know what the That's break is. That's because Liam Hendricks is a, is a high-octane velocity guy, and that tells him the separation. But, I'm, yeah, I'm with you. So it's, that'll be an interesting thing, too. Even further to your point about how, do you, how if you're Ross Atkins, do you complement these things to help out what guys may be going through who are already here, who haven't been through it before? Now, you had the mental part of that too, Jeff. That's a whole different animal, right? Okay. The expectations when it's between the ears now that every time you go to the mound, you're expected to dominate. Not be good. Well, and dominate. And here's, you know, here's another thing to think about here. Uh, you know, I mean, the Blue Jays' depth is atrocious at trip. They do not have no a they, they do not have a starter at trip. That, other mm. than Max Castillo, there's no starter at AAA you want to see up here. No question. There just isn't. I mean, they have done for whatever reason. They have done a not very good job of acquiring, considering all the all the talk this team, you know, every time you talk to anybody in this team, they say, hey, it's not a 25 or 28-man roster. It's a 35-man roster because mm. we're going to need all these guys. Well, you look around. Where's the help at AAA? Nathan Lucas can't get a look up here. Uh, the, the bullpen, I mean, you're bringing up Trent Thornton, putting down, sending down Trent Thornton. Max Castillo, as I said, is kind of the one guy that, is, that has come up and has shown you that... Uh, yeah, there there might be a spot for him here. Anyhow, that's that's where we are with the MLB trade. But they have won twelve out of the last fifteen games. One twelve out of the last fifteen. That either. Twelve games over five hundred right now. That's a high water mark for them. They've put a little bit of distance between themselves and the Rays. They're three games ahead of the Rays in the wild card. But we're not sitting here and saying that it's a disaster and no, no. and everything's going to hell by any stretch of the imagination. And put you know, the, the foot the, on the gas pedal, though, is what we're saying. Yeah, Let's go with and, it. And, and right now, I get the impression Ross Atkins is kind of getting the this is the clutch mixed up with the gas pedal, kind of going back to sure looks like you know, it. To, to to manual transmission. Although there are there are also people around the team who tell you they think Ross has kind of got a deal in his pocket, a deal that could be made. And um, he's deals, you know. It's uh, I mean, it does happen. It does happen where you have a trade set up with the team and they and you agree on it and they kind of say let's just let's just hold off for a minute. What you know, the thing that kind of surprises me is you look at the names that have been linked to the Jays. I mean, e even, you know, Rodon made a start yesterday. Montas has made a start recently. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's there, there have been a lot of guys linked in trades to other teams that are, you know, that are still are still going about their going about their daily routines, which you, know, you kind of wonder about that when you see it. Uh, and I know a lot of GMs. You, know, you don't want to tip your hand by pulling a guy out of a game or having to miss a start because we're still at that phony war stage, I think, of the trade deadline where teams are trying to talk up the value. But you could have been right, which you said at the start. You know, Sometimes when you put names like Juan Soto on the market and 
Shohei Otani, whether or not he's on the market. There's only so much bad width out there. Well, we're going to ask that, Yeah, we'll ask him. Sure. That sucks off a lot of, uh, or sucks up a lot of bandwidth, uh, you know. Because only the big teams can handle that. They're, they're the only teams that can give away. There's only a certain amount of teams that can give that many prospects to get a Juan Soto. So it's sort of a trickle-down effect, right? This one's out of the way now. Now everybody else is sort of yeah. a, a feeding frenzy, but... And Luis Castillo, I, you know, was uh, the the Mariners acquired Luis Luis Castillo on the weekend, and he was again you know, a guy who profiled as as somebody the Jays would be interested in. I'm sure the Jays talked to Seattle, and uh, you know, Seattle Seattle paid a hefty price, and I wonder. And it's always a dangerous game because you look at where Seattle's prospects were ranked, and then you try to look at the Jays' prospects and say, okay, it took Seattle's number one prospect. Does that necessarily mean Moreno? You you can't do that. I keep telling people different organizations value players differently, right? So you can't kind of fantasy trade and go, well, if only Ross had given this guy, this guy, this guy, then he could have matched what Cincinnati wanted and Luis Castillo would be with the Jays. You can't do that. And, 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 you know, it, it, teams value players differently. Yeah, for me, Seattle had to do that. They hadn't made the playoffs since 2001. We talked about monitoring innings. Well, Logan Gilbert and George Kirby the same way for Seattle. So you need one, two horses. Yeah. And now they have. Now they have. That, for me, it was a no-brainer. And like, Gon- Gonzalez you know, is a nice third Is a nice third guy to have if you need him. Yeah, well, yeah, he's, he's basically their fifth guy. But if, you, if it's but if Gilbert it, and Kirby, you're, you're doing some things with innings there. Yeah, now then you, you have go, three veteran guys who, who you can hand the ball to. That you know you're going to get stuff that's, because they've Gonzalez, been done Gonzalez is going to compete. The, the Blue Jays yeah. are no different with that. That's, that's the point here is don't look at what they gave up. Look at what they got now, what they have to do to go to the playoffs. I mean, it's about the playoffs now. Like you, give these teams credit that are that are saying basically now. Uh, forget that minor league thing. Well, like, there's occasionally times that you just have to say gloves are off. Like we know what we got in the rotation. We know what we're going to have to go through down the stretch, and we need some horses because right now you could argue the one-two punch that that Seattle's got. They can match up with the Blue Jays. I hey, I want to say just because of the pitching, the, the Yankees. I won't throw the Astros in there because the Astros got balance and they can do some things. Yeah. They can do some the things, Astros, so I'm not throwing and, and, the Astros in there. And the Astros but, are about to get Lance McCullers. No, no question. So, so, and they're going to go out and do some things to sure the trade deadline because sure they're they trying are. to win it. With Dusty, they're they're yeah. all in. They're pushing their chips in the middle of the table. But I just think, like, now you got the horses is my point, and your bullpen's good enough. And you got a you got one through four in your order if you're Seattle that's good enough to match up against other teams that can battle, that can give you professional at-bats. It's time. That's why I'm saying with the Blue Jays. Well, we, we talked to Buck Martinez. He was on this show. He's saying the window may be shorter than people think with the Blue Jays. Oh, I think it is. So if it is, I, that's my point here is forget about what you got at the minor league level and, and think about winning World Series. That's it. And if it make your team better, not only this year, but next year. The Major League Baseball trade deadline is 6 o'clock Eastern tomorrow. John Paul Morosi will be part of Sportsnet's coverage. He will join us in studio at the top of the hour. Again, DMs are open. Questions for John Paul Morosi. Got a lot coming in. Keep them coming. Uh, again, the Twitter handle is SN Jeff Blair. Our text line, I don't know if it's down. It seems to be creating an issue. So don't text. <laughs> if you got a question, again, DMs are open. SN Jeff Blair. 
uh, name and location, and uh, we will uh, we will get to them. We'll have an extended version of Barker's Backleg Bits. But when we come back, we will take our weekly look around the AL East after a hectic and I guess if you're a Red Sox fan, kind of a kind of a bittersweet weekend. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan, the Sportsnet Radio Network, Sportsnet 360, we're in a billion places, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. The smartest takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis and Stephen Brunt. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Paul trade deadline chatter. I keep looking on Twitter because Morosi ha- also has this thing. One of the reasons I love Morosi, he's got this thing where he'll tweet out something before he makes an appearance on a, on the Toronto Did he do station. It? Not yet, but I'm 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 waiting. Maybe he'll drop it when he comes on here. The Major League Baseball trade deadline, in case you've forgotten, as if you'd forget, is uh, six o'clock tomorrow, an hour before the Jays and the Rays open a two-game series in Tampa, which is a perfect lead-in to our. Traditional Monday spot. In the East. In the Bizarre weekend. In the East, Kevin. A couple of ways. Sitting there looking at, at things as they stand right now in the, in the division. You know, here we are. We're a little more than 24 hours. Well, more than 24 hours. Right? Uh, to... I'm like 32 hours away from the Major League Baseball trade deadline. And it's not only the standings that seem out of whack in the East. I mean, I don't think any of us thought the Orioles would be ahead of the Red Sox at this point at the trade deadline. And more to the fact that Boston would be the only team playing under 500, which to me is almost even more kind of a mind warp than anything else. But for the first time in a long time, every team in the division... All five teams figure to be worth watching intently at the trade deadline. You know, here, of course, we're going to wait for Ross Atkins to bring in a minimum of two impact bullpen arms. I'm just going to say it. If he brings it, if he fails to bring in a couple of bullpen arms, if I mean, if he fails to bring in a pitcher of significance, I think the trade deadline will be a flop. I, I don't think there's any other no way question. to put it. I don't think there's any other way to put it. Well said. That is what the expectations are in the coaching staff. It's what the expectations are in the clubhouse. Never mind what the expectations are uh, in the fan base. The Jays are 12 games over 500. That is matching their season high ahead of a two-game series against the Rays. And the Rays, well, they made a significant deadline acquisition this weekend when they picked up lefty hitter David Peralta from the Arizona Diamondbacks. You don't want to talk about killing two birds with one stone. He was a name that was linked with the Blue Jays just as was Andrew Benintendi, who was acquired by the Yankees. I know Benintendi wasn't vaxxed, but you would have to assume that if the Jays got down the road with Benintendi, chances are that he he would be vaxxed. But at any rate, David Peralta was a guy that uh, we've talked about with the Blue Jays going back to the offseason. And uh, he's now with the Tampa Bay Rays, and he sounds like he can't wait to be in the lineup Tuesday. 
I'm ready to play. And whatever they need me, I'm ready to play. If it's tomorrow, whatever, whatever they need me, I'm going to be ready. So, so I'll be ready to play tomorrow for sure. Oh, that's what we work for. That's where I, that's what I work for in the off season to be a playoff team, to to play in the playoffs, to play in the World Series. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. I only have one chance to to get a little taste from that in 2017, and I'm like, I, I want to do it again. So I've been waiting for this moment. So I'm I'm ready for that. He's somebody who's. Yeah, I think David Peralta, you get the impression, Kevin, David Peralta's ready. Um, (laughs) He said it enough. Look, he is the type of guy I think people, a a lot of people were looking at for the Blue Jays. Not not a major gut-busting trade deadline acquisition, but a guy that gives you something from the left side, a guy with a certain amount of versatility. And it's interesting because we've also heard subsequent to that now, there was a lot of chatter that the Rays are in a Joey Gallo, so they still may be looking for another left-handed mm-hmm. bat. And that as part of that, they may end up moving uh, G-Man Choi to the Houston Astros. The Astros are looking... The Astros need help at first base offensively. They, they, Their goal is to win the World Series this year. Yuli Gurriel's having a little bit of an issue. They're, they're looking at possibly getting another bat in there. G-Man Choi would be, would be a good fit for them. But... Um, yeah, the Rays are. I still think we expect the Rays to make another. Well, if they get healthy, if they if they get healthy, they're going to be a handful. It's just funny how competition between GMs is so high. All the names there: Benintendi, Peralta. We're supposed to come to the Blue Jays. Left-handed, they're a little older. Bat-to-ball guys can can give you some things. You know, not going to hurt you defensively. Not going to cost you a ton. It's just funny how these teams went out because the Blue Jays are trying to get them, and. Now, the, yeah. other, the other two teams are getting them. There's competition there. Yeah, I mean, you could tell me there's not, but just look at the names and how early they got them. And, well, and, the, same thing and with, the rumblings with the Blue Jays the same with thing, these names. The same thing with Seattle and Luis Castillo. No I mean, question. That, that, that Seattle's not, Seattle isn't aiming to beat Houston and, and, and win the, uh, the AL West. They're aiming to beat the Blue Jays and get that first wild card spot. How about that? So everything is happening around the Blue Jays. And, you know, you talked about the Baltimore Orioles who have pulled themselves into the fringes of the wild card race. They're intriguing because they have Trey Mancini available. And they've got a bunch of cheap, hard-throwing bullpen arms that they've unearthed. The Jays still have 15 games left against them. So how the Orioles position themselves could be of huge significance to the Blue Jays. You may want to watch what the Orioles do almost as much as what is what anybody else does because you are going to be seeing the Orioles so many times. And keep in mind when we talk about the trade deadline that it's not only the big-name acquisitions that matter. I mean, think back to last year. The Yankees acquired Clay Holmes last year. Mm-hmm. Who knew he'd turn into one of the most dominant relievers mm-hmm. in the game? And if you look at Clay Holmes, his importance to the team this year, given a role as Chapman's issues, given the fact Michael King is now out, Clay Holmes has come to the rescue. Zach Britton, we're now told, could be back later this month. And, well, both Clay Holmes and manager Aaron Boone, they're aware that further assistance could be coming by 6 o'clock tomorrow. This is what Clay Holmes had to say yesterday. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, a couple of big losses there uh, with, you know, King and, um, you know, Grenier in the year. And, um, you know, it's we definitely have, you know, a lot of talent on there and guys that are you know, capable and um Obviously, we'll see what happens. I mean, there's a lot that's, you know, out of you know, my control. And um, I think that I have full confidence that, you know, the uh, staff and management, they'll, you know, do the, the best they can to put the best team and give us the best chances. Um, you know, I think we just look forward to go out competing. And um, whoever that looks like or whoever it is, um, you know, we'll be glad to, um, to see it and, 
you know, I guess we'll find out in a couple of days. And let's see what Aaron Boone thinks about that. Whatever happens, and and I'm sure it's going to be a crazy 48 hours in the baseball world. You know, if we're able to do something, I'll, I'll certainly, I'm sure, be excited about it. I'm sure it's with an idea making us better right now. But, you know, my focus is on who we have right now. And we've been one of the best teams, if not the best team in the league. And we'll continue to be that whatever happens over the next 48 hours. And that's that's where my focus lies. Brandy. And that brings us, of course, to the Boston Red Sox, who, uh, well, they could add a lot. They could subtract a lot. They could add a little. They could subtract a little. They could do a little bit of both. I know that J.D. Martinez said on the weekend, he, he sure sounded like a guy who thought he played his, his last game at Fenway Park. And he said, I just want to make it as hard as possible. Heim Bloom, the uh, president of baseball ops for the Boston Red Sox. I don't know. Morosi will join us in a few minutes. I don't. Part of me thinks that the Red Sox are going to do what the Red Sox always do. And they're not going to back up the truck. I think, Kevin, you may see them move J.D. Martinez. You may see them move Nathan Uvalde. But I'm certain that the Red Sox want something in return that can help them next year. I don't ever see the Red Sox being the type of team that says, let's, you know, let's get in three or four prospects. I can see the Red Sox wanting to. Uh, I can see the Red Sox wanting to add guys that help them this year and also offer a little bit, uh, a, a little bit down the road. Well, let's be honest. The Chris Sale injury has made this real easy for that organization to make a move backwards. I'm not saying that they have to, but if they want to, it's an easier sale now to their fan base yep. to do to do things like that. And it's just funny listening to Aaron Boone. He might as well just come out and say they need more to beat the Astros. Just come right out and say it. Stop, you know, stop going around the, the circle in the wagons and just say they need more because of their rotation, because Clay Holmes, quite frankly, hadn't been there and done it before. I mean, let's be honest. There's there's something to that. Mm-hmm. And they need, they need a little bit more to, to bring in there to, you know, some so that they can poke their chest out to say when they do have to play the Astros, which we all think they're going to. I mean, those that's the two best teams in the American League yeah. right now. So you think that's, that's well, what it's all about. That's even why you're hearing the Astros thinking about trading a starter. They have a lot of them, but they know they need some more things. Maybe another hitter. Maybe another bullpen arm. Yeah. Presley, you know, are, are, you just ooze confidence every time he comes in. There you go. Even the look on your face, you know that's what they're going through, too, by watching them pitch. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see because those are the two behemoths who have, you know, the Astros don't have the minor league system to go out and get some things, but they do have a plethora of starting pitching mm-hmm. that they could use to get what they need. So they may have more than other teams that are looking to add pieces. So how do you compete against that, yeah. too? So there's a lot of competition going on here. Yeah. It's uh, it's going to be a fascinating, as we said, 30-odd hours or so leading up to the leading up to the deadline. And uh, we do expect that uh, we do expect that teams in the American League East are going to be uh, are, are going to be busy. I mean, I think that's it's a pretty safe it's a pretty safe bet that. Uh, yeah, it could, it could be an awful lot of coming, an awful lot of coming and going uh, as we uh, as we get close to the deadline. Um, all right, I'll ask you this, Kevin: Who in the American League East? Who do you think is going to be not who should be? Who do you think is going to be the boldest team in this division? Well, I want to say the Red Sox by giving stuff up. 
That's that's the one. Because bold, you could. There's definitions both ways for that. Yeah. I want to say the Red Sox. The Red Sox give up five players at least. Like they could they could give up a, a, a quite a bit of their big league they roster could, right now. Well, I was looking at this and going down their roster. Jackie Bradley Jr.'s got to be on the got to be on the block. Christian Vasquez, we hear Christian Vasquez. He's a mm-hmm. tested veteran catcher, been through the wars. Bogart. Bogart. I, hey, I know they said they're they're not. Yeah, I, I don't even accept him. JD Martinez is I, I think is as no good question. as gone. The guy who really intrigues me is Nathan Uvalde. Mm-hmm. And I, I keep getting back to this. I don't know if you would trade him in the division, but my God, he is he he profiles perfectly for the Blue Jays. He could start. We've talked about everybody knows about Nathan Uvalde. He could start. He's come out of the bullpen in the postseason. Been there, done it. Uh, gives the Jays something they really don't have well, right well, now. Just that high octane, high you, velocity. So you're, ta- arm. You're, so you're telling me. I would love. You're to telling see. me. I'd love to see. It would take that. a prospect, a, a good prospect from the Blue Jays. Yeah, and and everything just from being down at the ballpark for the weekend. You you you. It, it's hard to generalize because different levels in the organization view players differently. I'm sure the player development people view prospects differently than the major league coaching staff does, mm-hmm. right? The major league coaching staff, their jobs depend on winning this year. It's you know, minor league depth is nice. Minor league depth dudes in single A don't aren't, aren't going to help John Schneider this year. No, nope. they're just not. But everything you hear is that, and this is a compilation of things from people you hear one. I don't think Gabrielle Moreno is, is, is off the table. It, again, it depends. Maybe for Ross Atkins' mind, he is. And that's all that matters. But I do get the sense. I really get the sense that they don't want to trade Ricky Tiedemann. They view him as a guy who mm-hmm. could have the same impact that Alec Manoa has had in the team. And Aurelvis Martinez, boy, you get people in the organization who will tell you, this guy, there's a lot of swing and miss. He could be Mikhail Franco. You get other people who look at him and say that can't teach power, and he's got a power. lot of it. He's got a he has got a ton of power, Oof. and he's still young. So that's kind of where we are. And in terms of players off the major league roster, look, Teoscar Hernandez is the closest to free agency of any of the key players. Leave Matt Chapman aside for a minute. Teoscar mm-hmm. Hernandez is the closest to free agency. They have not been able to sign him to a multi-year contract. There's no indication Mm-mm. that the sides were even on the same page when they were talking. That might factor into the decision. We talked a little bit about Bo Bichette. At some point, the Bo and Vladdy discussion is going to have to happen. Maybe the Jays are happy going year to year with them. Maybe they're happy with the Jays going year to year with them but my sense is there will come a time where the jays will have to look they'll have to swallow hard and say what are we going to do with these two guys but that to me isn't a decision you make in season that to me is the decision you make in the off season when you can move some pieces around and when you have a a a broader a broader market i'll just i'll just say this there's only one guy marino That, that for me is i think they saw the way it looked when Danny Jansen's not here. That's the one thing for me. Championship seasons, need the guy to put the fingers down. Nobody has, He's sort of like a, a really good umpire. 
a good catcher puts the fingers down. What Danny Jansen gives you offensively, run into one, get a big hit occasionally. I, I want you on the defensive side. The, the way you set up, the the way you call a game, the way you get a subpar pitcher through big moments of games, <laughs> Danny Jansen does it better than, than the other two do. And Kirk's gotten better. And I think they know that, you know, if they can maneuver around Kirky to make sure his his body type can make it through the grind of a 162-game season to where they're getting his best come October, they're okay getting rid of Marino. That's just me, the way I understood it. Now, people ain't going to like that because, you know, people are in love with the top prospect thing. And But I think if they had to, I, I, I think they'll, they'll do it. But they're not going to give him up just be, to be giving him up. It's They have to have a good reason. Pablo Lopez would be a good reason, I would think. Sounds like he's available. I mean, I'm sure it would start with that name. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're the if you're talking to the Marlins, that that's obviously the guy. The Marlins the Marlins are intriguing because they could give the they like the Cubs could give the Jays a couple of things. They've also got some bullpen arms you might want to add, you might want to look at. Um they need a center fielder. Teoscar could play center. Yeah, they need a center fielder. The, 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 again, the question with the Marlins is you look at that division. Mm-hmm. How close are they? How close are they? Yeah, I thought y- you would think an organization that seems to have pitching falling out of, you know, falling out of their pockets like they do would always be close. Uh, and you'd also have to think that, uh, you know, with, 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 the general manager in Kim Ng right now who, you know, is, is, uh, this is, she's, a lot of people are going to be looking at her at this trade deadline. There's a, they're an, they're an intriguing team because as I said, they do have an ability to, to develop pitching, but does Teoscar, Teoscar gives them something they don't have. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won't cost a ton either to, re- to but, resign. I don't think. Well, he'll yeah, cost Florida, enough, but not Florida would be, you know, no tax state, all that good stuff. And he lives in Florida. And he lives in Florida. Mm. It would be an intriguing match. And and I think if you're, like, from where I am, right, when I look at the Blue Jays roster right now and I say, okay, which of the everyday guys, and I'm not talking about Zimmer or Tapia Vigil, but which of the everyday guys would you most likely look at moving? When I look at where they are in terms of service time, what the realistic expectations could be for the team to sign them. I mean, the name that really jumps out to me is Tay Oscar. You know, Alejandro Kirk, you've got him under control for a long time. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. I think Lourdes Gurriel Jr. has made himself indispensable. He he gives them something they don't have right now. He gets the, that plate coverage. Like, this isn't a flash in the pan. Right. We talked Doesn't about it like in it. spring spring training. I told you he was my guy coming out of spring training that I thought at the end of the year we were going to look back and go, wow. Mm-hmm. And he's hitting like that. And I think he is in his own way. And I don't want to get into the whole clubhouse dynamic thing because I'm like you. The best clubhouse dynamic is the one that wins the World Series. Seems to matter with this club. Though. He seems really to matter with, the, with, with this team. It does. He seems to matter mm-hmm. with this team. And if you talk to folks around the team, they'll tell you that, that he is... He is in in the day to day life of that team. He's an important, he's an important figure. So, yeah, that's that's where we are. Um, I'm a little surprised the Jays haven't made a move yet. 
but I'm not I'm not reading too much I'm not reading too much into that into that right now. Um, I I, I kind of thought, and I think Ross Atkins, if Ross Atkins let it get to this point without addressing the bullpen, I'm hoping that that to me indicates that he's aiming high, right? That he isn't just Oof. looking at getting a Trevor Richards or an Adam Simber. And maybe he's aiming higher than that. And that's one of the reasons that he hasn't made a move right now is, you know, he feels that there's, that there is uh, more out there. So let's get you caught up to date. Uh, the Jays are off today. They are in Tampa. They will start a two-game series against the Rays. It's part of a nine-game road trip. They'll play two at the Trop, four in Minnesota against the Twins, who could end up vying for the along with the Jays for a wild-card spot at some point, depending how the standings shake out. Three games against the Baltimore Orioles, who could either look the same after the trade deadline or could look a lot different after the trade deadline. So that is a nine-game road trip, those three games against Baltimore, the first three of 15 games against the team that I would suggest is probably the biggest surprise team in baseball. And and um, thinking back to what all those times we looked at the J schedule early in the year and said, man, they've, they've had the toughest schedule in terms of opponents' winning percentage. Can't wait till you get in the second half. You got all those games coming up against the Orioles. That was when the Orioles were in last place. Now I'm not certain. John Paul Morosi will join us in studio at the top of the hour. Again, DMs are open. Questions for John Paul Morosi. Got a lot coming in. Keep them coming. It's Blair and Barker on 590, 360. The Sportsnet Radio Network and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.